Good morning. Welcome to church. I am Jesse Lee Peterson. Thank you for being with me. You can get involved by uh, going to the chat line or something. All right? And I can take your questions and comments. Good morning again, everybody. I'm glad you're all here. I, um, I want to do something that I normally don't do. Because normally I start out, hey, what are your questions? Anybody with questions or comments? But I want to discuss, there's uh, something that is happening in the churches and in the Christian communities that I think is damaging to Christians. There was a, and it's just not true, but I hear it a lot, right? Um, you know that everybody talking about mental illness now, right? Everybody crazy. And nobody's talking about why or how it happens. And so there is this pastor by the name of, um, uh, let's see here, Jared Wilson, Pastor Jared Wilson, and he uh, was at Harvard, Harvest Christian Fellowship Church, and I believe that's out in Riverside, California, where this guy, it was reported that he committed suicide. Did y'all hear about that? Yeah. And this is like one of those large mega churches out there in Riverside, California. And this guy is not, he was not the head of the church. Let's see. The head of the church is a guy by the name of um, Greg Laurie. He's the head of that church. Right? You, are you familiar with that? Yes. Oh, okay. You guys seen him before? We're from New Jersey. We know things. Oh, yeah. Is he on TV or something? Yes. Oh, okay. Years. All right. Okay. Well, he's the head of that church, right? And uh, so, and I don't know if I want to know what you all think about this or not, but I do want to hear from you about this. So this man, he committed suicide. Jared Laurie committed suicide. I mean, Wilson committed suicide. He had a wife and two kids, young kids, too. I believe they were both boys, two young boys. And this guy was known for a really big-time preacher, preaching the Bible and doing all the stuff that they do at church, right? And so he committed suicide. And after he committed suicide, his wife went on Instagram, and she said, his wife is Julie Wilson, and she said, my loving, amongst many things she said, my loving, giving, kind-hearted, encouraging, handsome, hilarious, uh, give the shirt off his back, husband, went to be with Jesus late last night. That was her first response from it. And I think I'll ask you guys first what you think about this. This is so interesting to me. Uh, so this is your first time here. Yes. Okay. Tell us, what's your first name? Carolyn. Carolyn from New Jersey. Carolyn from New Jersey. Welcome. You can also say Jersey because we're the only state you don't have to put new in front of. Oh, Jersey. You know we're from Jersey. So I like milk. Yes. <laughs> Jersey <laughs> <Right>. milk. <laughs> what do you think about that statement? Well, I think it's very sad because, first of all, it's not up to us to take our lives. It's up to the Lord. Right. That's, what I, that's my statement. Oh, okay. What do you say about it? Are you from Jersey or here? Yes, I'm from Jersey. Oh, what's your first name? Maritza. Maritza. Maritza, like Ritz Cracker, Maritza. Well, welcome. <laughs> Thank you. What um, do you think about that statement from the wife? First of all, she can't say that he went to be with Jesus. She don't know that. Oh, okay. That's just my thing. That salvation is of the Lord, not for us to decide who's going. But why do you think so many churches say that, so many Christians say that when they go to a funeral where someone dies? Mm-hmm. 
Why do they say it? It's to bring encouragement, perhaps. It's, a, it's just to boost people's morality and morale, feeling good about them so they don't think sad things. And everybody wants to believe this hope, even non-believers. Even atheists want to have believe there's some type of hope, right? You're resting in peace. or So that's just the, the thing to say. But the reality is we don't really know. Do you think they should say th- Christians should say things like that? I think they should be honest. Yeah. We're missing honesty. We're missing truth. All right. So that's Amazing. Point. What do you think about that from Florida? <laughs> <laughs> What's your first name? Millie. Millie. Mm-hmm. What, do, what do you think about that statement? I think we don't, you know, salvation, as Maritza said, is decided by the Lord and their faith. Um, I think it jury's out as far as whether suicide is considered, um, you know, a crime against God or not. I think that's probably the biggest question in my mind. Um, at any rate, I think the statement is made to boost yourself, to encourage yourself, as well as hope. Because we, we want to have hope in a salvation and in a loving God um, who shows mercy and grace no matter what we do. Right. Um, so so I think, should that be said? Should it be said? Yes. That's her decision, what she says. Most, we all grieve differently. A lot differently. of Christians say it, though. Uh, a lot of preachers say it with different funerals and things. Things like that are said. Should it be said? I don't know. You don't know? I don't know. Would you, well, I don't know. I don't want to do would you ever say it. But if someone died or committed suicide, would you say something like that? You're a Christian? I think I would prefer that being said than than the judgmental comment saying that they're not going to go to heaven because they killed themselves. Because we don't judge. That's not our judgment. It's not our decision. So making a statement that he went to heaven, is that a judgment? No, that's a good point. Um, I think it's a hope. Um, and and was he saved? God would know. I wouldn't know. That was his decision. Okay. You know, but if, you know, um, but I also think that our loved ones know our walk with our lives better than anyone else. And I think that um, mental illness is a strategy of, the, of Satan, that he tries to, to attack us and, and to weaken us. He comes to kill, steal, and destroy so I think that depression is one of his tools that he uses. Amazing. Should he, should, um, would you say that about someone, let's say your husband committed suicide, popular, big church. I had a cousin that would, committed suicide in February, uh, and she how, shot herself. Really? Uh, actually shot herself four times. Amazing. Yes. And I, my comment, my thought was, oh, Lord, you know, I pray that she... Yes, for forgiveness. I mean, God knows so would how you she say was that depressed. At a funeral? Did you say? Did you speak I would, it? I, I most likely would not say that. No, I wouldn't say that. I just wouldn't say anything. Oh, okay. That so, is it a strength or a weakness to commit suicide? Oh, let's see. I think <laughs> I, I would say more of a weakness because there was a definite problem there uh-huh. that we didn't even recognize. That was the thing. She was had dinner with her husband. She went in a, another room. She They were watching TV. She walked into what he thought was the bedroom, and she walked outside their house, and all of a sudden he heard bang, 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 bang. Oh, so she shot herself outside the house? Outside the house, Oh, good. Yes. <laughs> Don't shoot yourself. Don't die in my house. No, I mean, she didn't want it if to be bloody, so suicide, she did it out on the dock. Down, yeah, go the down the road. It was terrible. Because I have to stay there. It was really bad. <laughs> yeah, okay. Um, and so she went on. Just one other thing the wife said. She said, I love you forever. 
Thomas Jarrett Wilson. But I have to say that you have been gone. You being gone has completely ripped my heart out of my chest. You love me and our boys relentlessly. And I am forever grateful that I had you as a husband and a father to our boys. Uh, what do you think about that conversation? That. In the black, yeah. Yeah, honestly. You love me and our boys relentlessly. Honestly, it's, it's a bit weird that she's even posting on social media. It feels more like a PR play. It doesn't feel like, because people who are really grieving, are you really going to go on social media and try to use certain verbiage and certain words to just kind of help out the image of what's happening? And it, I honestly feel that she's just kind of protecting the image of the church right now. So you think she said that, but I love you, you love us to protect the church? Yes, because the first thing people are going to say is, well, he had two small children and a wife. What happened? Why weren't they worth living for? So, um, God forbid, but let's say your husband, a preacher, and he took his hat off and decided to commit suicide. Would you say that about him? I wouldn't be posting on social media. I'd be grieving. Would so, you say that, though, about him at any no, point? I would be like... You obviously didn't love me enough because you're supposed to be here. If oh. there was something wrong that to the point where you had to kill yourself, you either didn't trust me to talk to me about it or you're just selfish. I'd be mad. I'd be angry. Amazing. Um, she, one other thing she said, I just saw it right now. Um, she said, I need you, Jar or Jared, but she wrote J A R E, Jared. But you needed Jesus to hold you, and I have to be okay with that. You are everything to me since the day we met. Jay and Jay love you more. So I needed you, but you needed Jesus to hold you. Um, we're at a little Christians on this side of the room. <laughs> but love, what do you think about that? I needed you, but you needed Jesus to hold you. I mean, I hear a resounding beta <laughs> because <laughs> it was um, if if that's like the image his wife had of him that he needed Jesus to hold him because he was just too frail and because he was too frail and fragile to handle life and what life was bringing his way. So it just sounds ultra beta. Like he's just this timid, scared thing who needs Jesus to comfort and hold him. Amazing. So if you were a friend of the family, would you say that to her? Uh-huh. Love, mm. love. Mm. <laughs> That's a great question. I hope I could. I hope I would have said things leading up to it. Uh, okay. Um, so here's uh, the. Thank you. This is from, uh, and I just got all this information today. Uh, James gave it to me this morning here. So, so there's this guy by the name of uh, Greg Laurie, and he is the head pastor of that church. Are you familiar with that church? Yeah. You a Christian? Um, child of God. I don't know about Christian. 
I'm sorry? I go by child of God, but not, I don't go by Christian. You don't go by Christian? Mm-hmm. So you're not a, you're not a, a Christian? Um, not in the what we know today is Christian. I, I don't um, identify like that. So you're not a Christian? No. Child of God, right. I'm a child of God. But not a Christian. I don't consider myself a Christian. Really? Yeah. So you're not a Christian? Uh, pretty much no. Amazing. Is this your first time here? Yeah. What's your name? Uh, my name's Chris. Chris, welcome, man. Thank, Thank you for coming. So the pastor said, Great Laurie said, it is with, uh, let's see. Okay. Jared said, He went on, he said things like, it was my deepest regret and sadness we lost this guy uh, at a sad time like this. There are no words to say. The Bible says there's a time to mourn. There is a time. This is the time. And he mentioned that this guy died. He had wives and kids. A wife and kids. Oh, he said that Jared loved the Lord and had a servant heart. What do you say about that? Um, I think that that probably would be an honest statement as far as how he's describing his associate pastor. I'm sure he did. You sure he loved the Lord and had a servant heart? I'm sure he felt that and demonstrated it. I would guess, yeah. Do you think that a person that loved the Lord would take their lives? Their life? Uh, it's totally possible, I'm sure. Would you ever do anything like that? Uh, hopefully never. Have you ever considered suicide? Uh, I thought about it. Never was in a place where I was contemplating doing it, but it's crossed my mind over the years, but nothing to plan or nothing. I would historically be not wanting to kill myself. So you're like, you ride out the road, you're like, oh, I feel like committing suicide. But I'm in the wrong place right now. Yeah, Let me wait till after dinner. Yeah, or being broke, going in your car, have and breaking money. down on the way to the yeah. thing, not having no money, not having no help. You'd be like, man, this is. You think about much. all that just when you commit suicide? If all those basically circumstances are tough in a row and not having hope at the moment, over the years, historically, I'm sure it crossed my mind, but nothing This I is ever so played. interesting to me. All right. Thank you, man. I appreciate it. Uh, so there's an, the son of the pastor, of the head pastor, did the service, I guess, or he spoke at the service. And he said, Pastor Jared Wilson is at home in the arms of Jesus. He declared because he put his faith in Jesus as his Lord and Savior. Um, what do you think about that? I like your shirt, by the way. Nice shirt. What was the question? He said that this guy, uh, the the head pastor's son said last night, or whenever they had the service, he said Pastor Jared Wilson is at home in the arms of Jesus. Okay. I don't think that's true because he was a coward, and I don't think God likes cowards. He should have overcome so you don't think he up there in the arms of Jesus? I wouldn't let him up there. <laughs> oh, you a tough guy. Yeah, you're not All supposed right. to kill yourself. He's he had the gift of life, and he should have been happy. Oh, okay, amazing. So, 
Now here is what uh, the head pastor, apparently he preached on these things at some point in his church. And then this Gerald Wilson guy went up and thank him for it and show his appreciation that I'm glad you preached those things. Here are some of the things that he preached. Pastor Garrett Laurie uh, wisely pointed out that seen as uh, uh, service leading Bible figures, uh, he said that Bible figures suffer from debilitating depression and mental health issues. So people who are teaching the Bible are suffering from these things too. Right? Would you ever go to a church where the preachers suffer from these things? No, never. Why not? Because he can't, he can't teach me anything. I'm sorry? He wouldn't be able to teach me anything. He should teach you how to suffer. <laughs> <laughs> All in the name. No. Uh, this guy went on to say, great Laurie did, that Job... Uh, oh, that Job wished he had never been born. You know who Job is? Frank, you know Job. Is that true? Hold over here, Joe. Take it out of your pocket, Joe. Come on. Oh, oh, I didn't see that tomorrow. <laughs> the black man's there with their hand in the pocket. We tied. We got... I, I do. Uh, Job. Did Job uh, ever wish that he wasn't born? Yeah, when Job uh, in the Bible talked about uh, he, he cried out for all of his uh, sorrows, that's one of, the, one of the things he cried out. Uh, the devil was trying to get him to. Uh, to blaspheme God, to uh, talk bad against God, but Job just cried unto himself. But did Job say, I wish I was never born? He did. He wanted to die? Uh, he had a mental depression? I don't know that. I haven't asked him. I, when I see him, I'll ask him. But uh, You going to see Job up there? I hope so. Oh, okay. He, this man preaching this in the church, he said that Jeremiah at least Least on at least on one occasion wanted to die. Jonah wanted to die too. Uh, Prophet Elijah experienced um, deep depression. Wilson personally showed up, uh, showed his appreciation for those honest remarks. So my point is is that this is horrible that the churches are going along with the world about mental illness and and it's like there is no separation between children of God and children of Satan. And they sound like, and I've heard this you know, all my not all my life, but at least earlier in my adulthood um, but they sound like once you're born again and everything is still the same that you're going to experience the same thing the world experienced you're going to go through it. You're going to commit suicide, and there is no hope. And they call it the world call it mental illness, and so the churches are now calling it mental illness. And as a result of that, I'm wondering what's the purpose of being born again if nothing's going to change? If you're going to have the same problem that the world has and deal with them in the same way? I don't understand what what they think salvation is about. And this guy, Jerry, he, you know, he read the Bible, he quote the scriptures, he loved that neighbor, loved everybody, and blah, blah, blah. I, 
what is the purpose of salvation? Anybody know? Why y'all looking crazy? Y'all don't know. Praise God. I mean, to be with the Lord. Right here. And then I'll tell you. What is the purpose of being born again? Well, I was, I, I mean, when I became born again, it was, it was a freedom. And, um, a freedom from what? Uh, well, there, I, my, one of my mottos used to be, I don't get mad, I get even. I don't get even anymore, you know. There's no Do you sa- get mad? Not too much, no. Do you get really. mad? No, more frustrated. Do possibly. you get mad? Yes, I get mad. I'm mad now. I'm mad. I'm mad. Yeah. So but you no, don't get either. You get mad. I get mad. Yeah. You get mad. And you're a Christian, right? Yeah. And why would you get mad in a, in a situation or at a situation? That's not right. Some things are not right. I mean, righteous anger not... is okay. I mean, right? I'm sorry? Righteous anger is okay. And you know, what is righteous are, anger? Uh, a reason. Um, I'll tell you one time I had a shotgun pointed at me. And I remember my response was, go ahead and kill me. I'm going to be up in heaven and you're going to clean up a mess. That was your thought? That was my thought. Amazing. And I lived. And I mean, I didn't get up and I didn't get angry and mad and flare my hands. And But you I didn't tell the person with the gun that, right? Pardon me? Yeah, the, my husband. Yeah, my ex-husband. Oh, you told your husband, go yeah, ahead. I did. And, you said, go ahead and kill me. I'm going to heaven. And you're going to clean up a mess. And he never liked to clean up a mess. So I, mean, <laughs> I think it. Uh, that's a good I strategy. honestly think that's what saved me. I really you do. Because clean I could have. He hated cleaning up. So. I don't blame I, I him. I wouldn't have killed you either. Made, us, made him think. <laughs> Amazing. But that's So it. what is the purpose of being born again? <laughs> Knowing the Lord and just knowing that you'll be with him when you pass. And how do you know that? Because, I mean, you try to live mostly like him. Um, I, I often, I question my, my cousin for killing herself, but could have been the last second maybe that she said, Lord, I'm sorry, forgive me. And she'd be with him. Okay. I believe that. I, don't, I mean, she shot herself four times. That's amazing. So she had a chance, I, probably before the last shot, to... You know, whatever. That's what you hope for? I wasn't there. Right. It happened. Let me talk to the young man behind you. What's the purpose of being born again? Um, Salvation. Yeah, so I kind of had a smart thought, which is maybe salvation is the purpose. So we're here. That's the the end goal is to be saved. So there there is no purpose to it. It is the purpose. There is no purpose for salvation? Uh, well, you can, I mean, you, could, you can describe it as a state that you want, and then you could say, well, when you have salvation, then you have peace, you have bliss, you have all this good stuff, right? So then you could argue, well, that's the purpose. But if you're looking for that stuff, then maybe you don't get saved, right? So then. I had too much pot this morning. I'm missing it. <laughs> what is the purpose of salvation? Have you been born again? Uh-oh. Yeah, I suppose not, because uh, right now, because I think um, I have a feel like when I forgave my mother, I had this feeling of, wow, I'm being born again. Everything's different. My whole life has changed. I have so much more peace. I have, But I, I know I'm not out of the woods, right? I know I'm not like, perfected. So Amazing. So I don't know. So you don't know if you've been born again or not? Right. I, I kind of wanted to ask you about that, actually. But I think you were going to ask here, me if you were born again? Well... 
if, you, if you've been born again, can you still, for example, have a moment of anger? Maybe you don't express it, but you, re- you come to recognize, well, oh, gosh, I was getting angry or I was getting upset about this thing. I was believing into a lie. So at that, at that point, then you could doubt, right? Or one could doubt and say, well, perhaps I haven't been born again because I still see that I'm getting angry. But I'm not getting angry like I used to. So, so I've, but I've heard people kind of ask you this question before. I guess the point that I'm getting at. Uh, and the impression I got from you was, it, it's absolute, right? There's, you wouldn't have a doubt. So, what do you say to that? Good morning, Jesse, and everyone Good out there. I like yeah. your hat. Thank you. I do too. Um, you, look like, you look like a totally different person. I am because I've been reborn. Oh, and that's for sure. Yes, I, I have, and I, I haven't been angry in this past month. Right on. Uh, I mean, maybe a bit moody, but I mean, definitely not anger. And hearing you speak about um, the preacher Jared, I'm thinking, oh, he definitely went to school to be a preacher, right? Which seems like <clears throat> he missed the whole mark on what it is to be Christian, which is um, typical, unfortunately. But, yeah, I mean, if you, you have a relationship with God, that thought shouldn't even cross your mind. Because I wanted to kill myself, and it's really funny to think about it now, because I don't remember why exactly. Um, and I went as far as trying to take sleeping pills. Did you take them? Yeah. I oh, was yeah? out for a while. Did you see the light? No, um, everything slowed down, um, and I, I could feel my, <laughs> I could feel like all this pressure in my body, and I was thinking, there's no easy way to kill yourself, so maybe just hold off on that for a while, because it's, it's really, it's a really unpleasant way to go. So you had to change your mind, you changed the heart, I don't want to die right now? Yeah, I'm like, I'm just going to sleep it off. <laughs> uh, I'm glad. <laughs> yes, ma'am. I just wanted to say something because we always use the Bible to refer to why people do things. And if you really take a Bible and you can justify just about everything, everything. wrong. Everything. That's right. Uh, here's the thing. The fact is when you're born again, you're given spiritual eyes. Spiritual eyes. All of a sudden you're seeing things you never saw before. You could have read something ten times and all of a sudden you're thinking for yourself for the first time. You're really looking for, answer for, your, for right. true answers. And you're seeking and God provides. It might not be right away, but it does happen. Now when you talk about Jonah and you talk about... Um, uh, Job and all that. These people were walking with God, but they didn't have the Holy Spirit with them. And according, biblically speaking, it was under when Jesus came that we have the comforter, the teacher put inside of us. If right. you're truly born again, you shouldn't, you, you shouldn't have these thoughts. And I could tell you, I, I go through a lot of trials and tribulations all the time, but you know what? It doesn't phase me. I'm okay with it because right God on. is with me. There's a reason why. And I'm waiting for that point where I'm going to glorify him and whatever he's got me going through at this particular moment because I have to trust him. So I think a lot of times with the church, and I say this all the time, the church today are so busy doing works and trying to get people saved, quote-unquote saved, yeah. join them to the salvation, join them to the altar, come, and, and falsely making believe that they are somehow saved. And they caught up in works, they go to preacher school, they all get caught up with the knowledge, but it's not in their heart. So when you look at it, can we say, well, we, you know, we, we don't know who's saved, but the truth of the matter is you're supposed to examine yourself. And if you couldn't tell your wife that you were struggling with something, then you have, have bigger issues. You're married yeah. to become one. And Amazing. that's born again is to be one with God. That's mine. Thank you. This young man here, what's the purpose of being born again? Are you a Christian? Yes. And what's the purpose? You've been born again? Yes. What's the purpose of that? Uh, so you can look down on others. <laughs> <and judge them. laughs> 
You've been smoking pot. You feel, feel better about yourself. You know? I'm sorry? So you can feel better about yourself. So you can feel better? Yeah. And yeah. do you feel better about yourself? Uh, I, was, I was making a joke. Oh. Yeah. No, it's uh, to be one with God. To, well, what uh, does that mean? Let, let God's will flow through you, I believe. And what does that mean? To let go. Let go of what? The ego. The ego? Okay. Yeah. All right. Yes, ma'am. Oh, hold on just a minute. wanted to answer the question. I think the, what was the question? What's the purpose of being born again? Okay, I think the purpose of being born again is to Is this be, your first time here? No. Oh, okay. I think the purpose of being born again is to be the light of the world. Okay. You know, just good to, point. You know, that's. Absolutely good point. I think that's, because um, I'm born again, and I've been doing silent prayer every morning and night for five days now. So. Right on. <laughs> I was been going up and down, up and down, and and from for work when I was doing silent prayer, amazing. When I wouldn't, it would go down. And my manager, he was like, "What's up with you?" He's like, "Yes." He's like, "You're good," and then you're bad. He's like, "Are you okay?" And I'm just like, like I can't tell him like, "Oh, I just didn't pray that day." You know, <laughs> I, I sound weird saying that, but in my head, I'm, I know that's the reason. Uh-huh. So now that I've been doing it for five days in a row, which is pretty weird. I don't know how I couldn't have done that before. Yeah. Um, but I have a new job. I have a new place. Um, I never had friends before. I have like two friends. Wow, that's a lot. <laughs> hey, oh, that is amazing. That's a lot. Hey, that's amazing. <laughs> two real good friends. I've had friends. Don't get me wrong, but they weren't friends. You know, right. I have two actual good friends, and I never talked to like um, growing up. I have a big family, a lot of siblings, and we weren't really allowed to talk to each other. Yeah. So we were kept separate. It was a broken family. You know, half right. sisters. Of course. So, so we were kept separate. Yeah. And um, now I have a relationship with my two of my sisters. She's amazing, and um, now it's it's um, it's very overwhelming, you know, to be the light of the world because I didn't know that I just had to be the example. When I was first reborn, I would I was a little preachy, you know. I was yeah. like, no, you have to, you have to go forgive your dad, and they're like, no, like it's not gonna get through them just by words, you know. That's right. And you're never going to do it. And, and yeah. it was very hard to get through to them with words. And then now that I'm just like, you know what, whatever. I'm just going to do my sign for That's right. And now my little sister, um, she has a, a child at a wedlock. Now she's like, you know what, I've been doing sign prayer. She's like, I feel amazing. And then yeah. um, she got an altercation with her with her baby daddy, and she called the cops on him. It was, like, physical. So I guess California has a protective order that they do automatically that you can't talk to them now for three years. So they were breaking. They can't talk for three years? You can't talk for three years because it was a physical altercation and the baby was there. So I guess for safety reasons, California. So he can't talk to the baby either? Legally, oh, he can, but he has to go through, We they go through the mom or a brother. Um, but they were breaking that protective order. She wasn't following the law and she was very stressed out. They would fight, they would argue. And and then now that she's doing the slime prayer, she just is like, you know what? I'm doing the protective order. I'm not talking to him. He's not... He's not good for me. He just causes me a lot of stress, makes me feel like a horrible mom, things like that. I'm like, yeah, you should be following the law. That's good. Yeah. <laughs> you know, so I'm glad she's doing that. So now they're just going through. Um, and this is, I mean, this has only been five days, so, you know. <laughs> um, I can't really talk. I only can talk five days I've been doing it. Right, um, well, but stay these with five, it. Yeah, Make sure you stay with it, no matter what. And I also did want to say I'm bringing my friends to a women's forum. So please have it this Thursday. The, is this this Thursday, right? Is it this Thursday? The, the third the 19th, Thursday. Okay. Well, whenever it is, I'm coming. So oh, okay. All I'm right. bringing some people. 
Okay, I'll come just for you and your friends. What, James? Oh, okay. All right. Okay, we'll be here. All right. Um, what's the purpose of being born again? To be released from slavery. Be, to be released from slavery. Are you born again? Not by your definition, Jesse. I'm sorry? Not by your definition. Are you born again? No. Don't think of my definition. No. You're not, and why you say no? I don't have perfect peace. You don't have it, why not? Uh, I'm still a slave. And, and you're still a slave to sin? I guess, yeah. And, but, you're not sure? No, I, I'm, I'm sure. I'm sure. Yeah. What's wrong with you? <laughs> <laughs> why, what's wrong? Uh, this is just an extension of the, the conversation we had last week. And what was that? Uh, we had we, this same conversation we had last week. Oh, you did? You said you wasn't born again? You're still a slave? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So you've been a slave all week? That must be rough. It has been, yeah. And what are you a slave to? When you say to sin, what type of sin? Oh, uh, yeah, cool. We'll talk about this week. This week I decided... No, I didn't decide. I, uh, I took heed to what you said, and I thought a lot about it, and I decided... I said that again. I gave up some vices. You gave up some? Yeah, some of those bondages that I was being held with. Right on. I, I saw that those are uh, a part of the path here. So it's been a been a rough week. It's been rough? Oh, yeah, yeah. To give them up caused you to have a rough week? Yeah, yeah. Oh, I see. Yeah. How are you doing today? Uh, nicotine withdrawals. Uh, oh, you're having that? Yeah. But, oh, uh, I see. So you're just trying to make yourself stop? No, I recognize that's not possible. All right. Yeah. So are you having a withdrawal right now? The physical part of it, yeah. Yeah. So, Joe, can you stand right here so he doesn't, if he trip out, you can hold him down? <laughs> Joel couldn't stop me, Jesse. <laughs> Ooh. <laughs> Baby, the mail. <laughs> uh, any questions about anything? Oh, no, I'm listening. Oh, but but okay. yeah, to answer your question, yeah, it's a release from bondage that we're uh, kind of born into. Have you overcome the true sin that is causing the bondage? Thank God, yeah. You still have hatred in your heart? No, no. You don't have any anger at all? Um, Who doing that? <laughs> <laughs> Who is that? That's Robert. <laughs> That sounds like a retarded person, huh? <laughs> okay. So have you overcome uh, the hatred in your heart? Yes. You don't have any anger in your heart at all? No. Well, I know, I know you, you never like these uh, questions that aren't either yes or no because you're always trying to cover up or intellectualize or, or sales tactic your way through. Um, no, I, I don't have any hate in my heart. Don't have any hate in my heart, no. You don't have any anger in your heart at all? No. You know. And so why are you still in bondage then? What type of, because it's the hatred in the heart that causes you to be in bondage, not the things you do. You can overcome those things once you overcome that anger. That's a part of it. What's a part of it? Being set free from those things. Um... Yeah, I, I was chewing tobacco 
for a couple of years. Right. And uh, I recognize that that's not that's not freedom. That's not freedom. And in the silent prayer, I kind of felt released from it. I don't have the the spiritual bond for it. I know there's nothing to gain out of it, and it's it's a it's an attachment that is is keeping me from from me. How do you know you don't have anger in your heart anymore? Heart anymore? I don't. I don't. I don't know how to answer that. You don't know that? No. no. So then how do you know you don't have it? Then you just said you don't have it anymore. Well, I get I got the opportunity to answer with yes or no, so I'm trying my best to do that. Um, I guess back at you. Do you have any anger in your heart at all, ever? Are you asking me? Yeah. I don't know your heart. No, yours. No, I don't have it. Ever. I definitely don't have it. What about frustration? No. If you don't have anger, you can't be frustrated. Because you have to have the anger, and frustration is the child of anger. So when you overcome anger, all, all of her, his children have to leave too. Yeah, yeah, I, I've been doing a good job of faking it for a long time, Jess. This is a. Uh, so you do have anger? I, yeah, I guess so. No, not, yes, I do. Okay. <laughs> Why are you yeah. faking it? Why have you been faking it? Because uh, I've been saved like nine times. I've been baptized by everybody. I've followed everybody else's idea. But I tell you, don't listen to anyone. You need to know for yourself. Looking for God in all the wrong places. <laughs> what does your wife think about you? Because she thought she married a man with no anger. Uh, no, no, she didn't think that. Oh, she didn't think that? No. She knew you had it? No, we were raised to believe that anger is a sign of masculinity and manhood. Oh, amazing. Any questions for me? A lifetime's worth. Yeah, I'll keep, I'll keep coming around, Jess. All right. Any questions, anybody? So, yes, ma'am. You had your hand? I was going to ask something else. No, no go ahead. Okay. So I'm, like, really shy person, but, like, God working through me, like, he forces me to not be shy. Um, but I'm still shy, so I just want to know, like, how do I go? Because he has so many things he wants me to do, and, like, I can't be shy if I want to do them. Right. So, um... I fear God daily, so I definitely do not want to be shy anymore, and I just don't know how to not. How do you know you are shy? I know I'm shy because um, I hold back sometimes, and sometimes I'm like, I don't want other people to judge me, but, like, I shouldn't care. Like, I, I know I don't care, right. but um, um, something just holds me back, you know, oh, okay. from, from talking to them when, like, I know they, they might need that talk. Like, I drive Lyft, too. I barely started doing that. Again, I've only been seeking with the prayer for five days. So I started doing that again and um, talking to just those people. It's very easy for me to talk to strangers. Right. You know, like I could talk to them all day, get them thinking. Um, and now I do that, I got way more tips too. Like I think people really appreciate a genuine conversation. The more you talk, the more money you get. Yep. That's amazing. <laughs> Um, exactly. And um, so, but I want to be able to do that, not to strangers. I want to be able to do that to the people I care about most. Like who? Like family? Like, yes, like family. family. Like, um, but it's hard because um, I feel like, not, I'm not playing God because I, I know I can't draw them to God, right. but that's my struggle. Oh, okay. <laughs> like, I so, want to be like, no, I want you guys to be born again, you know? 
Um, the next time you, uh, you face one of them, anybody, and you feel that way, you know, I'm not really saying what you want to say or you feel shy, just relax and don't have an opinion about it because all you're doing is listen to. Yeah, uh, I'm more caught up with family-wise. Yeah, so just relax and, and do it anyway. Speak up anyway. Okay, yeah, Let yourself feel the pain, but just relax in it. Don't put up a fight against it. Because yeah, that's how I am when I talk to strangers. I don't have an opinion, and I don't. Right. Well, likewise, you should do your family the same way. All right? Just tell them the truth. Yeah, I want to love everyone equally. And if they don't want it, don't force it on them. Don't hold it against them. That's my struggle, too. I have to, you know, if they don't want it, because my older sister, that's what I'm doing. I'm just going to let her suffer, and it's just hard. It's hard to let her suffer? It's not hard to let her suffer, but I guess uh, it's not hard, but... Like, I'm fine with it. It doesn't do anything to me. You know, it doesn't hurt my peace. I still have perfect peace. Right. It's more like I want, uh, my biggest thing is I've never really had uh, that, like, family, you know. So I want that family. And and um, for me, it's my dad was an addict for 20 years. Amazing. So I always, I always wanted, like, that relation with my father. And now that I'm born again, I, I can't believe I have the most perfect father. I, I really can't, you know. Um, so are you close to your earthly father now? I... Um, I'm getting there. It's hard because when he, I am close to him. He's been sober for two, three years, but he is, he's been through, he's been rehabbed a couple of times, been baptized a couple of times. He thinks he's reborn. And it's, it's hard. Like, I don't want to, um, like if he's not ready for it, I don't want to force a relationship because then I have to judge him. I like, I don't want to judge him because he does have a girlfriend and he has girlfriend after girlfriend. And so, and then I, I would just, I'm just honest with him. I was like, I, I just hope you know that, you know, you having a girlfriend, her, like, stops your relationship with me. You know, it does come in between us. Right. Um, but I do. What does I, he say when you say that? Um, he's just like, oh, my goodness. I was like, I just hope you know that. That's it. You know, I was like, I'm just letting you know in case you didn't. That's it. That's and right. I don't push it. I don't do anything. I just let him know. And, um, and that's it. But you don't say that to him every time you see him, right? I've only told him that once. Oh, okay. I mean, once is enough, right? I don't have to remind Yeah, you him. don't have, you don't I have to impose on I think if he already him. knows it, I'm not going to yeah. say it again. I'm not a naggy person, you know? I'm yeah, saying right. if he wants to do it, he's fine. <laughs> yeah, I don't want to be nagging him because that doesn't get anywhere. For Okay, this is my one thing to relationships, just real quick. Girlfriends and boyfriends. Girlfriends, like, your boyfriends know what they're doing. Don't nag them. Don't do anything. Uh, they know. Right. If they want to do it, they would do it. You nagging them, telling them what to do. They already know it. If they wanted to do it, they would have. And you nagging them is not going to make them do it. Um, that's I learned that. That's <laughs> so, true. so you don't have a boyfriend now? No, I would never date ever again. <laughs> how, how old are you? I'm 25. You would never date again? Um, I will only have friends, and if you want to marry me, you can ask me, and we'll see what happens. <laughs> if you want to marry, then you just ask to see what happens. Yeah. Anybody up for marriage? <laughs> Anybody look for a wife? <laughs> Ask her and see what happens. Okay. That takes a lot of courage, so. <laughs> so you don't ever want to date again? Well, I just, my thing is you can't kiss, you can't do anything, so what's the point of dating anyway? <laughs> might as well just be friends. You're going to be friends anyways because I was in a relationship, and when I was starting to be born again, I didn't sleep with my boyfriend at the time for six months, and hey, that drove him crazy, you know, and I was just like, I was like, you're crazy. Like, I'm not going to sleep with you. You know, so for my, and then his biggest complaint was, oh, I feel like we're just friends. I feel like we're just friends. Right. So I was like, if the men in this world, if a, that's all, like, if, if that's the only difference between being a friend and a girlfriend, I'd rather just be a friend, you know? Right, that's the way it's supposed to be. 
Yeah. Are you supposed to wait until marriage? But you're dating so you can get to know each other. It's That's like why. Like, I, out with a friend. They can, I, if someone... Okay, well, I mean, I actually, if anyone asks me on a date, I always say no. You <laughs> always say no? I always say no. Um, What's wrong with you? I told you I'm shy. I'm shy. You're supposed to get experience a little bit, you know, get to know the guy and know how to hang out with them without all the sex and stuff. Yeah, I'm shy to be myself around people um, because and then, like, well, I think I'm, like, the most amazing person ever, so people get You're the very most clingy. amazing person? <laughs> yes. Oh, amazing. <laughs> Are you a millennial? Um... How old are you, 25? 25. That's millennial, right? I mean, I don't really... Yeah, you're amazing. All millennials think they're amazing. I don't... (laughs) I guess. The millennial, I'm not really, like, in social media. Like, I'm not really, like, into the millennial things, you know? That's why I don't really have friends. That's why I don't really have friends with millennials. Why do you think you're amazing, then, if you're not into millennial things? Well, I I guess I don't think I'm amazing. I think God's amazing. I think God working through me is amazing. Does that make more sense? Like, I know it's not me. I know it's... Him working through me. All right. Well, just relax. It'll pass. Okay. Right? I know. I do realize I have a little ego, just a little bit. Yeah. I'll say. <laughs> so let me just tell you about salvation, all right? And uh, and I can only tell you because it happened to me. Because no one can make themselves be born again. Only God can cause that to happen, and He see fit of whomever he wanted to draw in to cause salvation, right? And so I was like the average Christian before I was born again. I read the Bible. I still did all the stuff that you're not supposed to do when you're a Christian. Sex out of wedlock and all that, right? But then inside I had, I was unhappy. I was miserable. You know, I wasn't able to stand up and be a man and I felt insecure on the inside. And at the time I was going to I've been to many churches, but Christian Christian Center was the last church I attended. And they taught you how to read the Bible, how to pray in tongues, and all that stuff. But none of that stuff worked. None. It just makes you feel good for a moment, but it doesn't last, right? And so I finally thought I'd ask God to let me see myself. Because I wanted, I've always wanted to know what it's like to live on earth as a son of God. I didn't want to die and find out find out what that. It doesn't seem like it would be fun to be a son of God in heaven. You know, the like it would be best to be one here where all the trouble is, right? So I've always wanted to know what was it like to be a son of God. And so even as a kid, I would ask, you know, what is that like? Because the Bible said that if you're a son of God, you're supposed to have peace right here on earth. It didn't say when you die and all that. But right here on earth, right? That's the whole purpose of Christ coming, that while we live, we should be able to deal with the issues of life, the warfare between good and evil. So I always want to know, long story short, I asked God, let me let me see myself, because I was going to church and nothing was working. And he allowed me to see I had this dark spirit on the inside. I literally saw it. It was real fast, but I saw it. I'm like, wow, that's weird. And it wasn't like a night. It was like a wicked spirit that fly into your bedroom through the wall when you're sleeping. Anybody ever had that? Like something come in your room trying to hold you down? Yeah, I, it was like that kind of spirit, right? And I thought, wow, that's weird. And so I wanted to know how do I overcome that? So I asked God to just let me see. 
And then I uh, realized I had read in the Bible that you're supposed to be still and know God, right? And prior to that, I'd done all the hooping and hollering and raising up hands and shouting and dancing, praying out loud. It didn't work. And then God allowed me to see that I had unforgiveness in my heart. I had resentment. I hated my parents. I didn't know I hated my parents because they seemed like nice people. They housed me. They clothed me. They fed me. They did all the stuff that parents do. But they had no love. They had no patience. And children need patience from the parents. So that's what love is. And I realized, wow, I hate my parents. He allowed me to see one day that I hated them. And I knew, and he caused me to realize that by being angry at my parents, it was separating me from him. Because nobody can enter into the kingdom of heaven with anger. You got to overcome the anger first, and then you enter in. Because anger is the nature of Satan. It's his nature. It has no love in it. That's why parents are all, you know, families don't work because there's no love in family members. You know, everybody operating from anger. And so there's no love. And so I went, I forgave my mother because I realized it was her that I was angry at because she tried to turn me away from my father and, um, all kind of stuff. No patience. But my mother wanted to, if she walked in this room right now, she did. But if she walked in, you would think she's the sweetest lady on this side of heaven. I don't know why I just mad at her. Look how nice she is. Right? <laughs> <laughs> she's so holy. But that's, it's different behind closed doors. And so I went and forgave my mother. It was the hardest thing I ever, ever had to do. I was a grown man. I went and I just told her, you know, I want to uh, I've always hated you because you tried to turn me away from my father. You had no patience. And I realized, because God allowed me to realize that she couldn't help it. Because I couldn't help myself in the way I felt. I knew she couldn't help herself. And so I went and forgave her. And, when I, and, and the way I forgave her, I apologized for resenting her. I realized, you know what, you couldn't help yourself. And for the first time in my life, she told me about her life. And exactly what she had did to me was done to her by her mother. And I had thought my grandmother was an angel sent by God, but that wasn't true. All right. And so she apologized. Most mothers don't, but she did. But even before I went to her, I could already see God was allowing me to see a lot of you. You already see, right? Because he has allowed you to see you do have this anger. You need to forgive. But when I went and forgave her, I've never been the same. He took the spirit of anger away. He took that darkness out of me and gave me a sound mind and perfect peace. And then he also caused me to realize that I read in the Bible that of yourself you can do nothing and know nothing. You can't change yourself. There's nothing you can do about changing yourself, right? And so I just realized that, so I stopped trying. Because now this is pretty cool. I have peace, right? And so I had this peace. I'm like, wow, this is so nice. And I went to my father and had a little talk with him. But in reality, I didn't resent my father. I longed for my father. I wanted my identity back. And so um, um, my father and I became one. My earthly father and I became one. And through him, it was just all done. And 30 years gone by now. And it just, I feel like I'm just a living being. I don't feel anything. So when people call me names or they say things that are not true or, 
Or right now we're trying to, we got to move by November, I mean December, right? So we got to raise the money so we can move. So I'm looking for a place uh, almost every day now. And everything's so expensive. And so Satan's trying to say, oh, you're not going to happen. It's not going to work, right? But because I can now recognize his voice, I don't have to give in to it. I don't have to believe it. Because I know the voiceless voice of God, and I know the voice of Satan now. Where before, I didn't know the difference. I didn't know God revealed and Satan talked to you, and that he sounds just like you or whomever you hate, right? And so these people who are committed suicide in these churches, and a lot of people committed suicide now, instead of calling mental illness, they are listening to the voice of Satan. They really, they really are, and they literally can't help it because they have not been born again. Because once you're truly born again, you're separated from the voice of Satan, and you're guided by what is right, and there's no reason to kill yourself because life is so amazing, and you know that it is because you have peace, and you're overcoming challenges and situations, Things that you used to give into as Christine, I think Christine said that, you don't give into them anymore. And you say, wow, I used to get mad about that. Or I used to hold a grudge about it. You can't do it anymore. It's impossible because it's not in you to do it anymore. Your whole thing changed. And you know God is with you because now you're dealing with issues in the right way where you're not affected within about them. And stress is good. I saw this, um, there was a show on last night called Black women own the conversation. You ever heard that? Yeah. And it was horrible. It was literally horrible. And I was saying, these women need some men. They have never known a real man. So they had these so-called experts on a panel. And, and two of them, black, they black. But two of them, like, real fat. They were so fat, you couldn't even see the chair. <laughs> and they're like fat from head to toe. And they were up there talking all this stuff that wasn't even true. And they were, they were talking about their hair. They were talking about depression and all this stuff, right? But it wasn't true what they were saying. It just wasn't true at all. And, um, and all these people getting up confess, oh, I used to be depressed. I went to a... Uh, uh, a doctor and they gave me medication that didn't work and just lost women really educated women though they all had degrees so it seemed but they were dumb as a doorknob and so also when I realized they have never had an earthly father to show them the right way to go and as a result they don't have that relationship with God because if you don't love your earthly father it's impossible to love God the man represent God, uh, yeah, represent, he's the son of God, so he represent the father on earth. This is why men have to come back to God, their natural state of being, overcome the mama, return to the father. And so in my life, the last 30 years has been amazing. I have, I'm changing all the time. I can't feel it, taste it, or touch it. But I notice the way I deal with situations, the things I used to be concerned about or worried about, they're, they're no more. And I can't, I don't know what tomorrow going to bring, but I can't imagine thinking about killing myself. It doesn't even make sense. Or being depressed. Or being worried. Because my, my faith is in the Father. And in God. In Him, there is no worry. There is no suicidal thoughts and depression. You can't have His nature and be depressed. Anyone who gets depressed has the nature of Satan. 
seen your daddy. So, and he is the one that convinced you to be depressed. He makes you judge yourself, and once you judge yourself, he'll say, oh, you might as well kill yourself. You ain't worth nothing, no how. Nobody care. You're like, okay, daddy, where are the pills or the gun or whatever, right? It's Satan who's caused you to kill yourself. You cannot kill yourself if you, of God, been truly born again, not just read the Bible born again. But you, that nature has changed, and now you're living from the he- kingdom of heaven within. You can't take your life. It, it, it's too nice. To t- you know, you want to take it. You know what I'm saying? You have peace. And, and yes, same with, for those who want to know, well, do you get angry when you're born again? When you're first born again, Satan's going to still come and try to tempt you to judge again, to judge yourself or someone else. But don't worry. You know that it's Satan's voice. Don't listen to it. And you're growing away from it. God is bringing you away from Satan's voice. And uh, after a while, he'll get further, further, further away where he will be no issue at all. And so if he tried to get you to hate your neighbor or somebody did something bad to you or you didn't like it, you'll be able to resist it. But you got to forgive first. And uh, you got to truly forgive by realizing that that spirit is inside of you. And it's causing you to hate others. It's not you, but it's this thing that's made a home in you. And so when these people kill themselves or they die or whatever, and everybody go up, oh, they were so loving, I loved them. This guy, Jared Wilson, was a coward. He did not believe in God. He may have believed about God. But there's no way you can be called by God to point the way for others to go to God. And you're going to be depressed and killing yourself? How are you going to point someone to someone that, that is not making you have, you know, causing you to have peace? That doesn't go together. How did he die? How, how they never said how he died. They didn't say it. We've been trying to find how did he do it, but and they didn't have a sin. Yeah, we don't know yet. They are hiding that information for some reason. But I want you to know that all this stuff that they, I remember once, um, I think it was an uncle or somebody died. I think it was my, one of my uncles, maybe somebody, so many of my folks dead. But uh, they asked me to come and speak at the funeral. And so I went up. Everybody went up and, oh, he was so nice. He was so loving. He was this and that. All lies. Total lies, right? And then I went up and I said, you know what? This person was no good. <laughs> I don't know why y'all saying this. If anything, talk about how you should not be like him. You know what I'm saying? He was an alcoholic. He was never got over really living life. And when we would see him coming, we would run the other way. But when he died, everybody get up and lie about it. Why are you lying? The problem with lying about it, you're deceiving other people. You think, oh, you could be a Christian and be, you know, worth nothing and still go to heaven. So why change, right? So you're lying to those who, they knew this person, they're aware of this person. And I did a funeral for a friend of mine, a member of this church, and his mother died. And he asked me, would I do the funeral? He and the wife asked me. I'm like, are you sure? They're like, yeah, I'm going to have to tell the truth. That's why we want you to come, right? And so, same thing, family member got up lying. And when I went up, I said, um, this woman will hell to pay. 
She separated the children from the father. She had all kind of issues she never overcame. If anything, learn from her so you can overcome that before you die. It's best to tell the truth, I think, instead of lying. So I understand maybe this wife of his, Julie Wilson, she may be, uh, I'm sure she feel bad about it. That's her husband, right? But for her to say, uh, she said, I need your, I need your love. She did need his love. This man had two young sons and a wife. Why would God give him two young, a wife and two young sons and then take the husband away and he go sit next to Jesus? I'm sure Jesus is like, what are you doing here? I don't need you. Your wife needs you. Your kids need you. God doesn't do that to you. He only gives life. He doesn't take it. All right? And so when you hear this kind of stuff, don't believe it. And mental illness is a psycho-spiritual illness or something like that. Because if you're not born again, you're subject to Satan. Because it's a spiritual battle between good and evil. I, I hear that everybody crazy. Everybody, their mama, mentally ill, but nobody really say why. How, did they, how come everybody's all of a sudden mentally ill? They never say why, or they'll make up some lie. It's only because you have not been born again. And so your mind, that's how Satan gets in through your mind. You get in that way by causing you to judge yourself or overreact to a situation. And when you do, he can make you overreact to something else. Once you're born again, that's it. You cannot go in and out. You're protected from the world. You will have a sound mind. That's why Jesus came, that we may have a sound mind and not this crazy mind that Satan has given us. You cannot be a child of God and have a crazy mind. That makes sense? So the, and the Christians need to be born again so they can be, as this young lady said, the light of the world so that those with the crazy mind can see how to overcome. You can be there and ask a question and point them back to God. But Christians don't have crazy minds. If you got an angry mind, Satan is your daddy. And you might as well admit it so you can overcome it. But to lie to yourself, you're just feeding to Satan more and more. He will change you the moment you realize you're wrong for hating. That makes sense? Anybody disagree with that? No? Ermes, you want to say something about black women own the conversation? It was on Open Channel, I think. Because it's OWN, right, which is her network. Oh, anybody? You seen that? Yes. You saw uh, it? No, I've seen that, that uh, channel you're talking about. Oh, okay. It was horrible. All those women were <laughs> miserable. And then they all want to wear braids. Hey. Oh, sorry. That's uh, one holy sister. But they were, they were talking about how they don't want to be like the white girls anymore. They want to be able to wear their hair any kind of way they want. Natural. They call it natural, right? in any kind of way they want. And then, so they were all moaning and groaning about that. And then one lady in the audience raised her hand, and she said, I don't like it when women wear wigs. They don't look right in wigs. And all hell broke. They're like, no! They hated this one person that disagreed. <laughs> they really didn't like that at all, because you have to all say the same thing, Right. But it was so interesting. If you can catch that, I recommend it. Yes, Hermes. Yeah, I was going to comment about that. Then I had a question regarding the uh, suicide topic. Yes. So that, I did see the p- a piece on that uh, on Oprah's network. 
and they were talking about spanking, and I think it was uh, police brutality. And one lady in the audience got up, and she said she has two kids, two boys, 26 and 28. Come out here to. Uh, <clears throat> she said she had two boys, 26 and 28, and that when they go out driving, she's like concerned about their safety. And then she said that they always tell her, "Well, mom, racism doesn't exist." So I thought of you when she said that, but uh, and she's like, "No, I need to let them know that you know the, the white man's after them and all that kind of stuff." So. It was kind of interesting. That's a good point. I didn't see that particular episode. Last night they were talking about, the women, the black women were talking about uh, racism in the workplace. And she, uh, they were saying, a part of my depression is due to racism in the workplace. And I'm thinking, it's not even real. Racism does not exist. So these people have believed into a lie. And so they're at work, and the white people just working, having fun, and the black sisters are thinking that they're being discriminated against. So Satan got them believing that, and as a result, they feel depressed over lies. And that's what you got to overcome, the lies. Satan is all lies all the time about everything. Even when these people get up and talk about how wonderful a person was and they were not, it's from Satan. He's always trying to steal the soul, so you're used to church to tell a lie. You must be born again. I want you to know that the kingdom of heaven is within. It's within. It's up there. And the thing about heaven, now, I hope I go. Well, I'm not dying, so I don't have to worry about it. But if I were dying, I hope I would go to heaven, right? But only God made that decision. Not one person on earth know if I'm going to heaven or not, or even if they're going or not. As you were saying, it's just said to make somebody, make you feel comfortable. But why not? Wouldn't you rather have reality? Isn't it best to say, I don't know, but I hope so? Yeah, absolutely. That, it's best to say that than to say, well, I know this person's gone to heaven. Now all the sinners say they're going to heaven anyway. It doesn't matter. Because the Christian just said, there's no good person went to heaven. And to kill yourself is weak. You're really giving it to say, I have tried that before when I was in my 20s. I used to date. And whatever woman would leave it, I wasn't ready for her to break up with me. I want to kill myself. I took some pills, maybe some of yours. I'm so glad it didn't work. Just imagine if I were dead now. Where would I be? What would I be doing, right? But at that, I'm telling you, sitting next to Jesus. <laughs> yeah. But I, I'm glad I didn't die. And, and, I, and I realized later why. I even thought of it because Satan used that too. I made the woman my God. And when that God left me, I felt empty again. She took the place of the loneliness of a father. And that's what people do with money, places, and things. You can't let anybody or anything, you shouldn't, take the place of that emptiness. Because only God should fulfill that. And he will once you stop being angry about it, drop. So anger is the same thing with resentment, judgment, and hatred. You should have peace. When you're born again, you will have peace. And that doesn't mean saints won't come and tempt you. And if you give in to it, believe in his lies at all, you'll feel it. And so if you feel it, just relax. It, it'll go, because God got you now. It'll pass. It really will pass. And with all your little things that you are slave to, don't make it a big deal. You can't make yourself get over those things. Because you may stop smoking, but you start chewing tobacco again. Or you may stop chewing the tobacco, you start dipping stuff. Or you start something else. But if you just notice it, 
the light of God shining on it, he would take all that unrighteous stuff away from you. And now you can keep the Ten Commandments. He will cause you to do that. We can't make ourselves do any of those things. He caused everything to happen. We just have to be still and allow those things to happen. So don't fight those issues. And don't judge yourself about them. That makes sense? Yeah. Yes. One other, one other thing regarding suicide. I noticed that the more society talks about like a certain issue, the worse it gets. Um, I've got a son that's in high school right now. Right When they get their ideas, school IDs, on the back of it, it's got a suicide, big old suicide thing. It says suicide prevention, call this and this. And they're not even thinking about it. And they're already implanting that idea yeah, in their head. But that's what Satan does. It seems like the more they, society talks about it, the worse the issue gets. Everybody killing themselves now. Because the society is pushing that now. Mental illness this, mental illness that, right? So Satan's going to tempt you with it. You're dep- and then they say it's because of depression or because of this or that. Then you're going to believe that too. And next thing you know, you're out. You got to be, you could be in the world, but not of the world, really. And God will separate you from the world. The world, crazy. All those people with those degrees and things, they have no idea what they're talking about. None. It's, it's, they've been taught to have a degree, and they're just repeating what they've been taught. They don't have the answer. The answer is inside of you. It really is. Yes, sir, right here. Uh, good. Uh, wake up, Esteban. For some reason, the Mexicans and the blacks like to sit down while they're working. <laughs> and sometimes sleep. And sometimes sleep. <laughs> yes. You know, I, another lie I noticed talking about the suicide thing is that people, we've, people have been fooled to believe, you know, it's like someone who commits suicide, why are they any different than a murderer? You know, they killed somebody. And it's, oh, they killed themselves? They killed themselves. But it's more of a victim mentality, like, oh, poor person. When really they murdered somebody and it was themselves, but still they took a life, you know? Yeah. It's so amazing. And, uh, I was just thinking that he was speaking how the world has set things up because the world is up Satan, right? They got it set up where they can deceive you. They can really think, make you think that they're right in what they're saying. Like with the suicide thing and depression, that's all you hear now. It's just, everybody's suicide. And while you're taking the pills... They're taking your guns. They're enslaving you, causing you to become subject to them. You better wake up so you can really see what they're doing to you. They're really setting you up. Absolutely. They get you, they cause you to sleep together before marriage. Abortion. That was a young woman out of Texas, I think, a young girl. She was in high school, a cheerleader or something. And she got pregnant, but she apparently didn't know it. She hid it. And so... Somehow or another, she had the baby. She said the baby was dead, but she set the baby on fire to, to burn it, uh, the dead body on fire, she said. And so, but they were about to put her in prison for doing that. So I'm thinking, on one hand, you can abort a baby up until the ninth month. On another hand, if a young girl has a baby and the baby is born dead, but because she's a young girl and she didn't want to be known on the cheerleader, they're going to put her in prison. What's the difference between the baby coming out alive and you killing it than someone who didn't want to have a baby or whatever and you're killing it? What's the difference? It's the same thing. Right. There is no difference. But the world is all screwed up like that. And you got to come out of it. 
And don't, you can't make yourself come out. You'll be in there, but you'll be out of it. You'll be separated from it. It will happen naturally. And then you will see how crazy the world is. But it's hell. It's hell on earth. It really is. Uh, so it normalizes homosexuality. Everything. Homosexuality. They call, now they're calling two men or two women married, husband and wife, while the straight people call it partners. Oh, that's backwards. It should be the other way around. But you got to wake up, folks. Let me do this real fast here, because I'm burning out of time. And then I saw your hand, right? Okay. Oh, on the end of James. Um, just two quick things about this whole conversation. Um, first of all, it's I had a, a very close friend of mine commit suicide a little over three years ago. And if we were having this conversation like a couple months ago, I would be an emotional wreck. Yeah. Because it was such a sensitive issue for me. Like, I would have thoughts flying through my head with a quickness. Like, it was... That's right. The thoughts flying through your head. I would probably be getting up and yelling at you like, you don't know what you're talking about. Yeah. But I've ever, you know, ever since kind of getting involved in all this, it's like I'm seeing everything in a whole new light now. And when I think about my friend and what happened, um, it's like I'm seeing it with a clear perspective now. I'm not seeing it with all the emotion, all the anger, all the upsetness, all that stuff. Um, And I can kind of see it for what it is, because the other side of it is this whole mental health thing. She went into her doctor uh, because she was depressed. And I I never made sense to me, because she never seemed all that depressed. It's like any other young person, right? It's like you have your issues, you deal with them. Don't start calling it depression. Don't start calling it anxiety because that's when... That's right. That's when stuff Don't starts give it on. those names. It's yeah. a spiritual issue. And she would go to this doctor and she's telling me, oh, this doctor is like, she's in all these great psychology journals and all this stuff. She's well-renowned, blah, blah, blah. And she's telling me, she, they put her on these prescription um, antidepressants and I look and I'm looking it up. This is like one of the more extreme pharmaceutical ones too. Like it's like the one that you put, put people on like as a very last resort apparently. Yeah. And I just saw her personality go from night, from like day to night. Yeah. Like it just, she was a completely different person. And then that's when you hear all those side effects, like, oh, it might, might cause suicidal thoughts, yada, yada. And she was telling me, she was like, yeah, that's, she was thinking about killing herself. And I'm like, well, get off the drugs. <laughs> that's right. And that, but now the, this type, this particular pharmaceutical, you can't just go off to cold turkey. You have to start weaning it off. And they're saying, like, when you start weaning them off, you have to, like, really be on suicide watch because that's when it really goes into effect. And, of course, unfortunately... That's the world for you. Yeah, that's, that's, that's kind of what happened. But it's just, like, it's such a mess because this was never a thing before. And it's like, you know, I don't want to get all conspiracy theory on you, but it's like you see how powerful these pharmaceutical companies can get. Yeah. It's, they're no different than, like, a drug pusher on the street. If you really pay attention to the world out there, it's all about control. Mm-hmm. And the purpose of controlling is to make money and fame for themselves. That's why they call themselves experts and preachers and doctors and psychiatrists, because they, you hear those names, automatically you've got to trust them. And now you can go into their office and they can feed you whatever they want. But if you thought for yourself, you can see for yourself, they can't do that to you. They really can't. They'll give you medication and there's nothing wrong. Well, because they're making money with the pharmaceutical companies and they got a little thing going on. But they live off of you not being in control of your own life. They really do. And they are no good. They're all evil. Pure, pure evil. And wake up. So how smart is it to give your child 
antidepressant medication when they just start school. When you start school as a little kid, you love school, you run around, you're playing, you're having fun. But the experts say, oh, they have too much energy, something wrong. They have H- HPD or something. Or D- who? What? HD, HD, right? Oh, and, and then they go, oh, no, are you here? Yes. What shall I do, doctor? Give him some pills. And now your kid walking around like a zombie. And then they grow up, become addicts. Just zombie addicts, right? And then they go out and do something wrong, kill somebody. Then they blame that on the parents, on you. They don't say, I told them. I'm sorry? I said the pill they need is the gospels. Yeah, they need parents to be perfect with love, perfect love. Yeah. So if you like depressed, I'm not a doctor, so don't say Dr. Jesse, right? But if you're depressed, it's because you have anger. You're separated from the life source. Like what you were saying, now you can see now why your friend did it. You can see what happened. And then you'll have to get into all that emotional stuff. The worst thing you can do is run to emotions. It darkens your way. I had a guy call my show last week and said, what would you say to someone if they were dying of cancer? They have it in the bone and they had cancer all over them. What would you say to them? I said, I would say better you than me. <laughs> See? Oh, my God, right? Everybody I've told that story to, right away they feel all bad. Even the guys, they feel bad. And I said, so just think about it. This person has cancer, right? How is it going to help that person for me to go, oh, I'm so sorry. Oh, Lord. Uh, or better you than me. The person still got the cancer either way. You know what I'm saying? And if you stayed awake rather than running into those emotions, if you can help the person, you're more likely to see the right way to help them. But once you go emotional on them, there's nothing you can do. You might well have the cancer too. Because a good attitude around a sick person can help them overcome. Because an attitude, a good attitude is from God and life is in it. So a sick person would rather be around a person with a good attitude, not feeling sorry for them and all that, rather than another person, oh, poor baby, what can I do? Come here, baby. Yes, sir. Just think about that. So what do you think about my response when I said better you than me? So you said, oh. Awful response. I'm sorry? It's an awful response. It's awful? I wouldn't, no, I wouldn't say one of my nieces has uh, leukemia, and she's a mother and wife and a, a lawyer and has a, had a good life, but she's got leukemia. Right. And I really meant I would rather have it than she has it, but I would you never would say have it? you. Th- well, you would rather, rather have than the see leukemia? her sick. I mean, I've lived my life. I wouldn't make that I, wish if I were you. Yeah, well. <laughs> you no. have not lived your life yet. Not yet, but now I mean I'm older than her, so. But you still, so. you you still have not lived your life. Well, no, I'm, and I'm enjoying every day. I seize the day. I have a, a several sisters. I have like seven sisters, right? Mm-hmm. And uh, one of my sisters that I'm really close to has uh, something. Uh, it may be that black people disease. What's that? Sickle Yeah, it may be that. I'm not sure, but she got something cancer or something. So she has to have a blood transfusion three days a week right 
And so when I talk to her about it, I shall know, oh, poor you. I'm like, you better check yourself. Get rid of all that anger. Are you thinking about killing yourself? How are you thinking about this? What's going on? And she really appreciate that. Because the rest of the family members, they're not going to talk to her about real life and how to overcome. Now, it's funny you said that because that was one of the things she has overcome. She was very angry. And um, we were talking about forgiveness because she was very jealous That's of her right. brother. And she let that go. And actually, she's at a stem cell and she's hanging in there. She's doing Because she well. has a better chance by you telling her, well, you I know what, you need to let that anger go. Well, somebody tell her, you know what, stop judging. You know, because in that, in the light of God, all things are possible. And it was a big change in her when yeah. she did. Yeah, so, now she has a relationship with her brother. Right on. So you get away from all the emotional stuff. There's a time to mourn. Somebody died. Okay, you mourn three days. Wash your face and forget it. You know what I'm saying? Forget about it. But it's all worldly. It's of Satan. It's not of God. It's not. Do you think God was crying while Jesus was about to be killed on the cross, nailed to the cross? You think God sitting up there going, oh, my one and only child, my poor baby. Look how they treated him. Oh, no, not the nail. <laughs> Look at him, they're making him carry his own cross. Wait a minute, baby, I can't help you. <laughs> that was his only begotten son. Do you think that's how he was acting? Never. Better you than me. I know. God up there. Ooh. No wonder I had this one child. Better you than me. <laughs> that's when I sent my son. <laughs> I didn't want to go through all that. Anyway, go ahead. <laughs> uh, just two quick comments. You know, it's interesting with this pastor and the suicide in that business. Yes. It reminds me of um, John chapter 3 when he's talking to Nicodemus. And Nicodemus was a religious person. He was like a somebody in the church. And when Jesus, he's saying, what do I got to do to go to heaven? He's like, you got to be born again. Yeah. And he's like, what am I supposed to do? Get back in the womb of my mom and then get somehow pop out again. Right. And he was saying, well, how are you going to, if you're so big in the church, how do you not understand these spiritual things? And you're teaching people, but you don't even have the insight basically. And it seems like just with this pastor, like he went to Bible school. He got um, introduced to whatever Christian churches are about nowadays, and he didn't have the answer. Right. And he didn't have the spiritual discernment because he wasn't born again. And that's where the whole born again word came from. At a, he said, like, you got to be born again. And he didn't get it. So this well, guy, I don't know if he, if he necessarily got it either. Yeah, and my thing is, we got to, we got to, we're not, once you're born again, you're not of the world anymore. You don't sound like them, act like them. You have faith in life. You have faith in the source that gives life, right? So you're not supposed to be falling for this stuff, doom and gloom and out of it and believe these lies. Pastor Greg Laurie said, he's the head pastor, he said, if someone, if you are someone you know is struggling with suicidal thoughts, please reach out for help. You know, go to the world and get help. You know what I'm saying? I would say if you have a suicidal thought, Drop the anger. Forgive. Because if you don't have anger, which is the nature of Satan, you're not going to have all those thoughts and things. And even if Satan comes, he might come and try to tempt you with it. It won't work. It will not work. Because you know the voice of God as opposed to the voice of 
darkness. You will know. He will protect you. But you must be born again. All right. Any questions about that? All right. Um, you got to stop listening. These people are crazy. I've never been to this church, and I would never go now. Well, I would go if I was going to speak there. I'll reach out to help, but this is all whacked up stuff. How you go to, I know preachers who, if congregations, members in their church were depressed or had marital issues or dating issues, they would send them outside to a so-called worldly expert rather than counsel with them themselves. Isn't that like crazy? How are you going to send, you know it's a spiritual issue, you're going to send your member of your church out to the world, to a therapist or counselor of the world or a psychiatrist. Or, you got to be crazy to go to a psychiatrist. You know, why would a preacher not know what to do to tell you how to overcome it? He's working on behalf of God. He's representing God. Why wouldn't he be able to tell you what to do? What is it that the world with the, with the degree going to tell you that he doesn't already know? But a lot of preachers are doing that. You'd be surprised at the member, the congregations that are on antidepressant medication. Slip in church, praise the Lord, half high. Like, uh, praise the Lord. <laughs> high. Not off God, but off worldly pills and things. We got to wake up. We can take back the, the country. We can take back our families because greater is he that's in us than he that's in the world. You really can, but you must be born again. All right? Okay. You Did I see your hand? You have the last word. I have a quick story. I'm sorry? I said, I just wanted to let you know, uh, tell you, um, I used to go to the churches that you're talking about before I was born again, and um, and I came here, and I became born again. <laughs> and then uh, one of my friends, that you know, my new friends, um, I went to his church, and it was amazing. It was it was cool seeing, like, being to a church like that after being born again, just because it was so clear clear to see yes. everything. And the preacher, the first preacher, they were there all day. I was at the church all day. And the first preacher, he was he was talking, talking, I was lecturing. It was, it was very, I was trying to grasp what he was saying, you know, but I did feel like I was in college failing my classes. <laughs> um, and then he said something that stood out to me. He said, um, blessed are those who don't see and still believe. And then he said, that's all of us here. And he included himself in that. And to me, that was so shocking. I was like, are you saying you're, you can't see and you're blind and you're trying to lead us? And, and he was yeah. up there talking about how you can't, how the whole, the whole sermon was about rejecting God's plan. And in my head, I was just like, well, isn't he rejecting God's plan because he shouldn't be a preacher yeah. leading us to God? So it's, he's literally talking about himself, trying to teach us. And it was just crazy. The and blind leading the blind. Yeah, it That's was what crazy. it's all about. This is why men got to wake up. And then once the men wake up, the women will follow. Really. Because you are the light of the world. You must be born again. All right. Uh, I told her the last word. Did you hear me say that? No. I said, you have the last word. Now he raises his hand. I'm going to get yelled at, but I'm not taking anybody else's hand. Yes. Uh, I'm from the old school. I remember the old Catholic church in the old days. The, they used to be the counselors whenever the family had problems, whenever the kids had problems. Yeah, you don't they, send them out of them. the church to they, somebody else. You would actually invite the the priest to your house to bless your house, 
to bless the, the babies and that was a that was the thing done before they had these psychologists and now yeah. nobody does anything yeah when I was growing up I didn't even know you could be a Christian and go to a, a worldly person for counseling matter of fact I don't even think they counsel at my church because the fair were there you know the grandfathers and the grandmothers and people they led the right way so I don't even know if they had all that going on at that time they just seem to be real popular now Anyway, uh, Victoria, what do you think about all this? I'm just taking it in. I haven't heard anything yet that I disagree with. Today. Okay. Are you avoiding, are you aware now of Satan's voice? I am. Um, uh, this week in particular, yes. And did you start your business? Oh, yeah, it started. Oh, you started it? Yeah, it started. Right on. So, yeah, with that, it's been... Thank you. Um, but no, with, with that, yeah, I've, you know, I don't want to elaborate, but yes, I'm very aware of when he's coming in. I'm telling you, if you start a business or whatever, Satan get involved in everything. Satan is all involved in all this stuff, lying about this man and all that kind of stuff, right? He gets involved with everything. When you start a business, he's going to stay busy trying to tell you what to do, what not to do, how to do it, when to do it whatever, not going to work, pay him no mind. That's why God said, bring every thought into captivity. He gets involved with everything. So whatever you hear up here, don't believe it. Just simply don't believe it. And then you have faith. You'll see faith at work. Because when you doubt the lie, you can't help but believe the truth. And next thing you look around, your business will be taken off in ways you can't even imagine. I knew you were a little nervous about that at one point. So... You feel nervous? Don't be nervous. Just take it. All right? But I know that that's him. That's, that's the other guy. It is. So don't pay attention to your daddy. Anybody listen to Satan, Satan is your daddy. And you're just pretending God is your daddy. All right? You can't have but one daddy. And no, and no such thing as uh, baby daddy, mama, or whatever they call it. One daddy only, and that's God. Uh, yes, Hermes? Before you sign out, make sure you announce the... Uh Oh, go ahead. Announce it. So we have a building fund That's my PR guy. That's to raise funds for. We have to move out of this building by end of December. And we've already raised 22 k And we need to 29 more. And then once we hit 50, we have a generous donor that's offered to match uh, donations up to 50000 So yeah. we have till the end of September to make that happen. So if you all could don't, if you haven't donated yet, please uh, go to our, our rebuildingtheman.com and Donate to the building fund. That's amazing. See how we, we, we needed to raise 100000 right? So somebody said, oh, I'll give you 50000 if you can match it. So we can get it up to 50000 Stop by a pot for a month and donate that, your pot money. <laughs> donate your pot money to Bond to get a new place. Uh, what I want to do is, first of all, thank you all for uh, tuning in out there. Um, just relax, really. Just know... It's a psycho-spiritual problem. It's a spiritual issue. Now, if you got bones hurt or physical problem, go to a doctor, but be careful with that. But all this emotional stuff is spiritual. It's really from Satan. Because God gives you peace. Christ made a sacrifice so that we can have peace. You got to be living right, though. You can't be sleeping out of wedlock, or doing pot and all that stuff and think that life, you're going to be enslaved to that. That's for sure. 
So, but you, and he'll take that away from you once you're born again. All right. Uh, we provide counseling. If you need counseling, we have the best counseling service on this side of heaven. We are having a women's forum this Thursday night for ladies only at 7 p.m. We were considering not having it because the ladies are kind of lazy and don't show up. But we're going to do it just for you if nobody else. All right. So we will be here this Thursday night at 7 p.m. Uh, so thank you all. Anything else, sir? What? Oh, Mark. You know Mark got married? Mark. What? Like what? The one that said he would never get married. <laughs> What's Mark's last name? Hildago. Hildago. What's his name? Mark. No, we married. <laughs> we have a comedian here. <laughs> um, so Mark got married with, uh, Tuesday. Thursday, this last Thursday. Was it? Yeah. Oh, yeah. So I had a, he came to the office, his fiance, his mother, and I did it upstairs in my office. And it was a very nice, nice young lady. My first time meeting in person. I counseled with them before marriage, but she seemed like a nice young lady. So I remember Mark said he would never get married. He was done. He was about to become one of those uh, mid-town boys. <laughs> Mid-towns, they don't have anything to do with women, right? And so, do you guys know who Mark is? The tall Mexican guy? He's my bodyguard. Yeah, my bodyguard is married. I'm going to have to find a new bodyguard now. But he got married, so I wish them well. You know, I wish him well. And so if Mark got married, everybody here has hope. <laughs> you have hope. Are you guys getting married? Uh, well, I, I proposed engagement. You did? Yeah. Well, no wonder you smile and look like a church lady. <laughs> he, he proposed to you? Yeah, we went on a we, we went on a, a walk last night, and uh, yeah, he he proposed. Um, well, that was like the mo- a most decent proposal, and uh, yeah, it totally threw me off. So I just changed the subject. <laughs> I, she I said to, no. Um, I had to sleep on it. It's like, did he really say that? Um, but yeah, just as a woman's defense mechanism. So you didn't I, say yes yet? In my own way, I said yes. <laughs> I said, what's there to think about, right? Um, Does he know you said yes? <laughs> in, in my own mysterious way. So what? In my own mysterious way. I played a bunch of love songs last night. So <laughs> Amazing. Congratulations, then. Amazing. That's right. You didn't say no, so the, the Me Too crowd gonna get you. Or no, me no. So don't worry, somebody's gonna come by. They're just gonna ask you, and you're gonna say yes. <laughs> All right. But congratulations. That's amazing, Chris. You're gonna get married. That's amazing. <laughs> Yeah, Lord is uh, what is it? The Lord is willing, and the uh, and the creek don't rise. Congratulations! Do you. you want a husband, Victoria? <laughs> we got it. I know you saw how I lit yeah. up. Yeah, oh looked like I want one. <laughs> Where my husband? <laughs> we'll find you one. No, I was on the fence about it, but I it, I've seen the light. I want one. Yeah, I totally do. That's right. Like, that's just how it's supposed to be. It'll happen. Oh, it really will. I do. All right. 
Are you looking for a wife? Oh, that's Richard. <laughs> yeah, wow, what made you shave? Wow. He had this long beard. Wow. What? <laughs> yeah, Do you I mean, want I'm a shaved guy or unshaved guy? <laughs> Why'd you shave? It was hot. Oh, what? Yeah, I got no AC at the house. Oh, okay. All right, so you had a long one, right? Yeah. Yeah. Wow, you look younger, man. Thank you. So you're not looking for a wife yet? I mean, I'm, I'm open to it now. I used to not want it. <laughs> <laughs> a match made in heaven. <laughs> no, no, I'm kidding. But right on. But anyway, folks, thank you all. Don't forget to donate and support Bond. We need a moving fund. Also, just a regular fund as well. Go to rebuildingtheman.com or call 800-411-BOND. All right? Thank you for tuning in. We've got to find some more couples here. <laughs> thank you so much. Thank you all. I really appreciate it.